This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. Then it kills the morning utterly. Then the morning reverts to being totally dark. Till seven fifteen or seven thirty, I, I don't under, I don't understand it. I don't even understand the need for it. It's like in the forties, but still full bright sky. Does anybody really understand the need for daylight savings time? Well, different economy, not for your work. Not an agrarian economy right. that, that it used to be, because you're upsetting the cows. Although, how could you be upsetting the cows? They just respond to light. When was the last time a cow pulled you aside and said, "What are you doing with the clock?" They don't do that. <laughs> The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. And to that end, we have some email about this particular... For me, it's a problem. For nobody else, it's a problem. Maybe for cows, it's a problem as well. Nigel, our friend Noah, though, our friend Noah at NASA said I was right that it is not distributed evenly in terms of more light in the morning absolutely equal to more light in the evening, right? He did tell you that? Yes, that is 100% correct. And that is vindication, Holmes, The right? worst is you convinced me in real time. What? It, it's true. It's vindication for me. Now, I'm yes. going to read a few emails here. Uh, this is from Joe O'Keefe in Rochester, Minnesota. Your comments about the amount of daylight these days and the impact of twice-a-year time changes on cows took me back to my childhood in Wisconsin and my grandpa's dairy farm. My grandpa had several dozen Jersey cows. Those cows are the brown ones like Buster Olney had on his family's farm. (laughs) My grandpa's cows needed to be milked twice daily, once in the early morning and again in the evening. Since cows don't wear watches and don't care about humans and our spring forward fall back foolishness, my grandpa's farm ran on cow time. That means he never changed the clocks. For half the year, the clocks in my grandparents' house were always off by one hour. That's not great if you were hoping to catch a TV show, only to realize it aired an hour ago. But it was great for the cows, used to being milked at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. every day of the year. You never hear a farmhand leaning out of a barn door to tell a herd of Jersey cows, I'm sorry, we moved the clocks back last night so your farmer isn't able to see you now. Please come back in an hour. Cows can't kill an hour by looking at their smartphones. And there can be negative impacts to milk production if cows are not milked when they are ready to be milked. For those who wonder why my grandparents' cows were in control of the farm's clock, those Jersey cows produce milk with a higher butter fat count that is sought after by dairy processors to make some of the best butter, ice cream, and cheese. My grandpa's cows and the sale of the milk they produced helped put all five of his daughters through college. So if someone ever questions the intelligence of the dairy cow, just remember that we humans arbitrarily change our clocks twice a year for reasons no one can easily remember. Who are the dumb animals out there? And Joe mm-hmm. signs this all the best to you and the family dairy farms out there. This is from the Solstice. Michael in Brisbane, Australia. Good day. Long time no mail. You mentioned your days are getting longer, and this is true no matter where you are on the planet. Not quite. It is, in fact, only true in the Northern Hemisphere. As the self-appointed official Australian on the show, I feel it is my duty to inform you that our days are currently getting shorter. P.S. I neither own 
a Subaru nor a Peloton. I am comfortable with my life choices. And from John Marshall, who is where? John is an attorney, okay, in um, Kingston, North Carolina. I listened with interest as you apparently discussed for the 21st time why the sun continues to rise later in the morning after the winter solstice. I too had wondered this very question, although it only took me two or three times to be told why before it finally sunk in. The Earth's (laughs) tilt and its elliptical orbit shape create a discrepancy between true solar noon, the time of the day when the sun reaches its highest point in the sky relative to where we are standing, and the noon hour we see on our clocks. This caused the sunrise and the sunset times to occur later for a period of time after the winter solstice. I noticed it in my early morning running days. So proud to be the 21st explanation. The good news is that no matter what, we get far more sunlight this time of year than Nigel got in jolly old England in December and January as a child. Of course, he lapped us in the summertime each year. I spent the summer solstice in St. Andrews in 2018. I understand why there are so many bars in the U.K., Based on the winters, but seagulls screeching and daylight after beers at Dunvegan's at 3.30 is no bargain either. I'm a little late on this. This is a Tommy Lasorda story he segues into. So, Michael, you would say that these are people who become the MC of the show. Yes. And it's, it's interesting. I'm a little late on this, but I had the opportunity to meet Tommy Lasorda once. I had the great fortune of going to the 2007 winter baseball meetings in Nashville at the Opryland Hotel. I was a tag-along for a client, the Kingston Indians, at the meetings. For anyone who has not been to Opryland Hotel, it's a giant atrium. There are multiple clusters of restaurants, and there are common restrooms for each cluster. We were eating one night, and nature called, and I excused myself to the nearest bathroom. Standing at the urinal, looking straight ahead, I noticed the presence of someone to my right. I glanced, and it was none other than Tommy. Somewhat starstruck in an awkward situation, I said, Coach Lasorda, I've always wanted to meet you, but I didn't think it would be like this. He laughed, and after we finished our business, he graciously talked to me for several minutes and related the Kirk Gibson home run to me from his perspective. It was just a priceless experience. To top it off, I saw him the next day, and he called me by name and introduced me to a friend as his bathroom buddy. He will definitely be missed. Now, this reminds me of something that happened to me, and I believe it was in 1978. In 1978, the then Washington Bullets were in the finals against Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Nigel, could you look this up or somebody look yeah. this up? And I was at the Capitol Center. I was working for the New York Times, and I was down doing the NBA finals. I don't remember if I was doing a game story or a feature story. I, I don't remember. I remember nothing I've ever written, so it doesn't really matter. But I was at the bathroom in, the, in what was then called the Cap Center. I don't think it exists anymore. I think it was blown up, right? I think it was... Yeah, I don't parking now. Yeah, I don't think it exists at all. And at the uh, urinal next to me was somebody who I I glanced over my right to the urinal next to me. And it was George McGovern, Senator George McGovern, who had run for president uh, in 1972, I believe. And I believe I had voted for George McGovern. I'm pretty sure I'd voted for George McGovern. And you are in that situation where you, 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 you can't say anything. I mean, this guy did, but I didn't say a word. Didn't say a word, but after, you know, everybody goes, washes their hands, and, and I was next to I didn't, I continued. Upon exit, you can say something. And I didn't, I didn't, but it was for me, you know, that was something I've always remembered, that George McGovern was in there. Um, yeah, anyway, so let me get to something else. Jeannie is upset, and I am upset. <clears throat> With the death of Phil Spector not being recognized on the front page of the Washington Post. Not only is it not recognized on the front page of the Washington Post, but it is not even keyed to on the bottom right of the Washington Post. 
you have to go to the Metro section for an obituary of Phil Spector. You know, and it says, just says, 60s music producer later convicted of murder. That alone should have got him on the front page. Phil Spector had this incredible career as a music producer and then shot a woman to death and spent the rest of his time in prison. Now, I will read from Glenn Rifkin, who I don't know. I will read the first two paragraphs, and then I will talk myself. Phil Spector, a music producer and songwriter. It's just, that's not enough. That's not enough, kids. Who came to dominate the pop charts in the early 1960s with his bombastic, symphonic wall of sound in hits such as Be My Baby and You've Lost That Loving Feeling, and whose long record of disturbing personal behavior culminated in a murder conviction in 2009, died on January 16th. He was 80 or 81 based on competing biographical information. California state prison officials announced that Mr. Spector, who was serving a prison sentence, died at, quote, an outside hospital, but did not provide further details. The statement said the cause will be determined by the medical examiner, uh, examiner in the San Joaquin County Sheriff's Office. That's not enough for Phil Spector. It's just not. It's a very nice obit, but it's not enough. The two most important people in the history of rock and roll who did not record music, and Phil Spector did record and sing and play a little bit, but he was not known as a singer or musician. I'll get to that in a second. The two most important people in the business of rock and roll who did not sing or play for a living were George Martin, who produced the Beatles, and Phil Spector, who changed everything. All right, the entire idea of producing music was changed by Phil Spector, who made it into what I would call a gothic art form. My high school classmate, Jimmy Steinman, the songs that he wrote and produced and played on, including all the songs from the Bat Out of Hell album, one of the largest selling albums of all time, including the Bonnie Taylor song, Bonnie Tyler song rather, including some of the other songs that, that he did. And he did songs for Celine Dion and Air Supply. And, you know, he, he did a lot of songs for a lot of people are all based on his homage to Phil Spector and the Wall of Sound. The most famous Wall of Sound recording is not anything by the Ronettes or the Righteous Brothers, though you've lost that loving feeling. If you are of a certain age, the first time you heard that song, you sat down and you went, whoa, that's new. That's different. And that, I will tell you, from a music standpoint, is exactly the same feeling when you saw the beginning, the opening of Star Wars 1, and you went, oh, I haven't seen anything like this before. What is going on here? And that's what You've Lost That Love and Feeling was. But River Deep Mountain High is the ultimate wall of sound. If Phil Spector wasn't that good, John Lennon wouldn't have asked him to come out of retirement and produce Let It Be. Now, Paul McCartney was not happy with the production of Let It Be and reduced, I think, released on his own a sort of a version called Let It Be Naked, but, you know, without all of the accoutrement of, uh, of Phil Spector. But that, that's what Phil, Phil Spector, it was a gothic art form. I mean, the, the early rock and roll, the Elvis Presley rock and roll was Elvis Presley sat there with a few musicians and whatever they played, that was it. You know, it was not like strings. It was not like wind instruments. It was not like this cascading sound that became known as the wall of sound. It was nothing like that. And Phil Spector did all of that stuff. In the New York Times um, obituary, which I read yesterday, and it was said records were built like a Wagnerian opera. I mean, if you know what that is, it's just layers and layers of sound. It, it, it would remind you probably the first time you saw, uh, Michael, check me on this. I think I'm right on this. First time you saw Phantom of the Opera. You said, oh, oh, that's different. 
That type of music is different. There are more layers to that than I am used to. There's more stuff going on in that than I am used to. And it, again, it's not just the strings. It's not just the, you know, the horns or anything like that. It's the way it's all integrated. In, in, um, he had 13 top 10 singles between 1960 and 65. To just say that that's all he did, though, it, it's, you know, it's just not enough. He, was, he did the girl groups. And Phil Spector was the person behind all the noise in the girl groups. Darlene Love, whose name he gave her, her name wasn't Love, it was, he just called her Darlene Love, and he put her in every song that he ever recorded and just gave her a new name. At one point, she was Bobby Socks in the Blue Jeans. This is Jeannie's favorite singer, Darlene Love, and, and she was Phil Spector's favorite until Ronnie Spector came along, who was Phil Spector's second wife, and their marriage as detailed by Ronnie Spector, was horrifying. You know, it was no good. Um, but, but that sound, Ronnie Spector's sound is utterly unique. Utterly unique in the history of music. Everybody knows a Ronette's record. Everybody understands it. That voice, that voice that I believe Eddie Money paid tribute to in a song called Just Like Ronnie Said. Right? Am I right on that, Nigel? I think I'm right yeah. on that. Yes, you're absolutely right, right on that. Yes. Because she's, she's just different than, than everybody else out there. So... Um, and, and that's the first half. The second half is he's a convicted murderer. Like, this is the most interesting thing. Michael, did you get the Tom Wolf? Tell the people about the Tom Wolf story in New York. No, I was, just, I was trying to find the Esquire, uh, the Tom oh, Esquire, Wolf, Esquire, uh, right. 1964, the tycoon of first tycoon of teen, the first tycoon of teen. I, I couldn't find it, but I wanted to read that side because he then becomes enveloped into the Phil Spector and, and how you try and remember this person when the legacy completely changes because it's oh. before the murder, it's the abuse of the it's the abuse of the wives. It's giving credit or not giving credit to musicians. It's the it's the iron hand that you operate within that studio space. I took my daughter to an event once at the White House a long, long time ago. Um, it was a Special Olympics event. And at that Special Olympics event were a group of rock and roll people. One of whom was Tom Petty, who was sort of scary translucent, his skin scary translucent. He looked just like he looks in, in all of those videos when he plays. What is the character he plays with the big hat in, in a lot of videos? The cartoon, it's a cartoon character or it's a, you know, it's something from a rhyme or something like that, like Jiminy Cricket, but it's not Jiminy Cricket. In any case, it doesn't really matter. One of the people there was Phil Spector. I think I'm the only person who recognized Phil Spector. Phil Spector was sitting in a corner with a woman, I assume not the woman he murdered years later, um, sitting in a corner with a woman uh, with his head down, and I was afraid to go up to him, totally afraid to go up to him. Small guy, 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, really, really thin, gigantic mop of hair that wasn't his own, which was a wig and all of that. And I, I have always remembered seeing Phil Spector. He started his musical career by writing a song called To Know Him Is To Love Him. And he recorded it with, I think it was the Teddy Bears. And That's he sang wrong. on it. He sang on it and played guitar on it and appeared on American Bandstand with Dick Clark as one of the Teddy Bears. He later played guitar on the great tune on Broadway. That's yes. him. I mean, yes. that, that, that's him. Uh, and the Teddy Bears, To Know Him Is To Love Him, is the inscription on Phil Spector's father's gravestone. Now, it turns into sort of a love song. It turns into a love song between a man and a woman. But in the back of his mind, it was his tribute to his dad. Um, totally, obviously, complicated human being, tremendous psychological issues, and ended his life where he belonged, in prison, for killing someone. 
But the notion that Phil Spector was not worthy of A1, like this is like, what do I get crazy about? Chuck Yeager, worthy of A1. Phil Spector, worthy of A1. What are you people doing? We're going to take a break. I was going to tell a story about a tie, but I'll tell it another day. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then Michael Wilbon will join us. And he's agitated, I'm sure, because he watched all the games over the weekend. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Wonder Woman ad, Wonder Woman 1984. You can experience the epic adventure, Wonder Woman 1984, in theaters and on HBO Max. It's now streaming at no extra cost to HBO Max subscribers. Plus, with HBO Max, stream the greatest collection of series, movies, and exclusive Max originals. All in one place. Discover something new to watch. The Undoing, The Flight Attendant, His Dark Materials. And we're uneasy whether or not this is a show or just sort of an instructional situation. And so much more. And go so to, much more. Go to HBOMax.com or download the app to sign up and start streaming today. Wonder Woman 1984 is rated PG-13 and is available to stream on HBO Max for 31 days from theatrical premiere, which I think was Christmas Day. I think was Christmas Day. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Michael Granberry, a longtime listener who's the arts and feature writer at the Dallas Morning News. And he writes, hi, guys. Brian Peterson is one of the top graphic designers anywhere in the country, but he's also a singer-songwriter and a terrific keyboard player. He played keyboard for the late, great Jimmy LaFave, a Texas icon who died in 2017. Here are two of Brian's songs, which I happily submit for consideration. Thanks again. And Tony, thanks for your recent mention of Janis Joplin. How's this for Texas trivia? Janis Joplin was a, a classmate of Cowboys coaching legend Jimmy Johnson, which I knew at Memorial High School in Port Arthur, Texas. This is called Red, and it plays in Michael Wilbon, who, as I did, spent the weekend watching football games on television. Four games the Saturday games were not as good as the Sunday games. The Sunday games were spectacular. And let us start. I, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to open the show. If we open the show with Brady beating Breeze or we open the show with that moment where, where Patrick Mahomes can't stand up and his eyes are spinning in his head. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just going to start with that because that, like that is an oh, my count. God moment. Huh? Yes, standing eight. He needed, eight. An eight count. He needed yeah. Arthur what? Mills to, to 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 hold him up, and you know this is why these these you know people spend a year telling you how somebody's going to win four in a row or five in a row, and it, it, I hate these conversations. I hate the way conversations in our business play out now, because people have to get so over the top stupid about how good a team is. And, and you know, we know Kansas City's great, but it doesn't mean anything about six in a row or five in a row. It's just stupid because at any moment, the best player on your team, the most important player in, in your sport can get knocked the hell out. And so you had both, you had both Lamar Jackson, when he hit his head, I saw that in live time, and I was like, uh-uh-uh. He's done. I'm not saying they couldn't come back, but they were going to come back with this other guy no matter how valiantly he played. But he had that – when his head came crashing back on that turf tone, he was done. And I saw it live time. I, I, live time. I was like, Patrick, yep. oh, before he got up, I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. He hit the so, front of his head. 
So let's get let's get to the difference. One of the differences is Lamar Jackson was having a terrible game, and Patrick Mahomes was having quite a good game, and he goes down in what he is not targeted. No, it's just it's a very normal looking tackle. It's yeah, football. it's 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 Definitely very normal is. at that point. He goes out, and you say to yourself, and it's exactly, exactly your analogy was exactly mine, that he was a guy who got knocked out in a boxing match and picked up and starts spinning around. And you go, whoa, drag this guy to the corner. So they bring in, everything changes in the game at that point, and they bring in Chad Henney. Anything is possible. Right, anything is possible, which is being said now. But Chad Henney's been around for 100 years and hasn't played in like eight or nine. Well, he played the other week, but he has He's been around 13 years. Oh, my yes. God. Right. Somebody Mama, texted me and said. Let grow up to be a backup quarterback. It's the best living in the world. Yeah. Somebody texted me to say, do you think he'll be nervous? And I said, no. He's 36 years old. He's been doing this forever. But two plays happened that were extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. He's in a third and 14, and he, and he sprints out to the left, and I thought well, he made it. I thought half. the spot was bad. No, okay. And then. That's another one in live time. He didn't make it out. Okay. And then there's fourth and a foot and a half or whatever it is. That's uh, all it is. Uh, and Tony Romo is saying, just stand there. Just stand there. They're not snapping right. this ball. There's no right. play. There's no play. And then with four yeah. seconds to go, they snap the ball. And Henny rolls Snap to his ball. right and hits a pass, yeah. and it's it's a game's over. And they 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 ran the same play with the same effectiveness that they won a game in the regular season. I think it was against Miami. It's the same play where somebody dug up very quickly to give you on on the broadcast. It was, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were. I thought. I thought when when you realize how long Mahomes was going to be out, and the Cleveland had gotten it to one score. I'm like, yeah, this is not this is I can't believe the Cleveland Browns are gonna wind up winning. And Tony, I, you know, I have I was covering pro football for the Washington Post when the Cleveland Browns lost the epics that they lost. I was yeah. on the field for the, the drive, drive you know, the fumble the field yeah. for the the, the Flutie. Hail Mary Flutie. Doug Flutie. I yeah. had gone down on a zero degree day in Cleveland. It wasn't zero, but it was probably ten. I had gone downstairs because you go to the locker room, and especially in those old stadiums, you had to walk through the stands. You no know, elevators in Cleveland Memorial Stadium. You had to walk through the stands. And I walked down with the first group of people and stand on the field and watch the drive. I watched the drive from the Cleveland Browns bench. And, and I, I know what it's like in Cleveland even now, all these years later, 34 years later. I know what, what it's like for them in that town. And then I was at the fumble. I was there for Ernest Biner going into the end zone, except he didn't get there. He didn't the get Cleveland it. Browns, it was the beginning of just the, you know, this downward spiral that the club left town. And they've never, they just never get over it. You can't watch a Browns game in Cleveland without thinking about that stuff. Well, and it's It's Higgins. Look at Higgins. If Higgins goes into the end zone at the end of the first yeah, half, yes. it's 16-10, and it turns into yeah. 19-3. Yeah. Yeah. That's they another got, Cleveland. The stuff that happens to them, is, to that team, is so surreal. But I thought they were going to win. And you know what? The Saints have become the new Cleveland in a way. 
I mean, if oh, they, they, they they've had such terrible ball, playoff luck. They, terrible. We'll get to that in a second. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to. I want to just go back to this one thing on on that game on Kansas City. What a triumph for Andy Reid, don't you think? What a triumph for him. Yes, one play can do that. Yes. One play can do that. But but, but what people don't remember is Andy Reid lost four consecutive years, I think. Philadelphia. The NFC title game was really great I think it was three. I think it was three, but he was in it three in a row. They won one. They got the Super Bowl one time, right? Yeah, so it's one out of four. actually, Actually, I think it's one out of five all told. I do. I think yeah, it's one out of five. I think it's one out of five. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, Andy Reid had a different reputation 25 years ago, 20 years ago. But, um, yeah, I, I, Andy Reid looks great. Um, I, I don't know what to expect now next week, which is the best possible case scenario you can have as a league uh, and just, you know, as an as a audience. You know, I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't bet against Tom Brady, except the stupid bet I made beginning of the season when I said I would take Bill Belichick. With me. Yes, but with me. You did. Games, you lost that one. Individual games. How, how do you – you know, you, you know I, I said at the end of last week, I'm taking Brady. They're not going to be – I, I was not. They're just not. I was not. I, I mean, I was obviously wrong. I told people on Friday, I said, I'm rooting for Brady. I'm rooting for Brady. It's not that I don't love Breeze because I love Breeze and I love him on and off the field, and I won't say that about Brady. You know, I'm just, but I, but Tom Brady now, Tom Brady now at age 43 has 45 touchdown passes this year. We've never, Mike, we've never seen an athlete of an age like this relative to his sport, no. relative to his sport. No. We've never no. seen this. We've never seen it. No. I mean, you, people should savor no. this. It's, and he didn't even have a good game. Breeze had a bad game, though. Well, you know what hurt them, Mike? Taysom Hill was not available to them. That hurt that them. That hurt them. But you know what hurt them more than that, more immediate than that? You're right. I agree with you. The tight end with his – that tight end, oh. I knew, oh. 87. I knew he was going to make a stupid play. You could smell it coming. He had done <laughs> something else that was relatively knuckleheadish, and it didn't cost him. And then he was casual with that ball, slinging it around. And, and they were going in to score. They were going in to score after the game was tied at 20. And at that point, then the pressure is going to be on Brady to come back and score instead of, you know, New Orleans being, being out of the game. So, yeah, I mean, Taysom Hill hurt him. Yeah, but Tony, you know why it didn't really hurt him? Taysom Hill wasn't going to make more than one great scoring play. He wasn't. And, James and Winston did. And so Winston made hurt. the play. It didn't really hurt. I thought that game was over, Mike. I thought when, when New Orleans marched down the field, no. when they got the ball at the third quarter and went straight down the field, I thought, okay, they are going to establish dominance now. Because Brady, if you watch this game carefully, Brady at least twice should have been intercepted. Should have been. Yeah. And the, yeah, and the ball got, popped Brady out. He pulled himself together. He started. He well, the, the, he started with a shorter passing game. Which they went New England, they went Patriots because yep. they had to. They could not. They could not run these ridiculously long pass routes. After they tried it several times early, Brady couldn't connect. He didn't get the time to really. And they ran the ball. On those throws, they ran the ball effectively. So no, I just thought the defenses were great, and it, but the reason I I just knew Brady was going to win the game, Tony, was because it, it was six nothing instead of fourteen nothing. That's you, right. You you that's can't. right. You can't have those possessions end in field goals and beat Brady. It wasn't like the first, like the second game. So, I, you know, 
I was not rooting for Brady. I was rooting for Drew Brees. Um, and it's just, it's not, it's not sad that he goes out that way because he, 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 he won a Super Bowl. Oh, he's had a great career. Yeah. He's had, he's a, had great, a great career. Great, great career. But they are, they are sort of. Snake bit in the playoffs. Totally snake bit in the playoffs. Yeah. So let's get to this bet yeah. for a second because I told you, and you laughed at me, but I told you before the season started and set it on the air that when they got Gronkowski, who, by the way, and you've been right about Gronkowski, he's not Gronk what he was. Not but, but I said when they got Gronkowski, they would go to the Super Bowl. You laughed at me. Yeah. You totally but laughed yeah. at me. They've got a chance. They've Obviously, they've got okay. a chance. They're, they're still playing. I, I, yes. I, I think I have to go with them. Again, I, I'm not. In, in Green Bay? So what? In Green Bay? I'm sorry. Where did Tom Brady play for 19 or 20 years? Brady play again? Brady did. Brady did, but okay. these other guys didn't. But, but, these but other guys some didn't. of them did. Not that, there's no way that all those guys didn't play. Uh, what's his name? The crazy. E- Evans didn't. Fournette Pittsburgh. didn't. Okay. Who? Evans and Fournette. That's two guys. Evans and Fournette did you not know, play in that. I don't know where Godwin right. played. I don't. I don't know. No, I'm, talking played, about, I'm, so. I'm, I'm talking about the crazy receiver, Pittsburgh, former Steelers. Oh, well, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio yeah. Brown. He's, he, he that's right. In Pittsburgh. I mean, everybody's not. I don't, but there's. I'm but there's. Here's another difference, Mike. Unless there's snow, and I don't know if there's going to be snow. Here's a significant difference. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is at the top of his game now. The yeah, absolute top of his game. And this is his first time at home. No, Breeze is not at the top of his game. Down the field. That's right. You know, he he struggled to get the ball down the field yesterday, and so he did all season. So we saw that coming in a in a way. How about the fact that they don't have Michael Thomas? Did he catch a pass? No, only four four passes to him. Didn't get any. Didn't get any. So the Saints, the Saints also weren't smart yesterday. Between the play with the tight end. The, the stupid, you know, loosely carried ball and the fumble, not getting the ball. How do you not get the ball to Michael Thomas? That's almost like in modern day terms. I know I'm gonna. It's gonna be blasphemous what I say. It's almost like not getting the ball to Jerry Rice. What are you doing, Sean Payton? We know Sean Payton knows how to 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 employ offense in big games. We've seen him do it, but. I'm sorry, New Orleans. New Orleans, they did they did stupid stuff yesterday, and they they were mouthy the whole game. It's like shut up, shut up and play. You're playing against the greatest quarterback in history. Shut up and play the game. And they didn't. You would think that Sean Payton could have gotten his. You know what, Tony? It was like they were so arrogant to me. Their disposition was so arrogant about winning the first two games. That's stupid. If you're not smart enough and you played in this league as long as some of those guys have, and you don't know that the first two games mean nothing against Tom Brady, I, by, the, by the middle of the game, I was just saying, enough of New Orleans. I'm tired of them. They're, just, they're being stupid today. Let Brady take them out. And I was rooting for them. What did you think? So, so I, know, I hear what you're saying about Brady against Rodgers. Let's go to the other side. We don't know how Mahomes will be able to practice, if he'll be able to practice, if he'll be able to play, though I, I suspect he will be able to play. They play Buffalo. You have said all year, don't, don't give this to Kansas City. But if Mahomes yeah. is out there, when Mahomes has Hill and Kelsey, boy, oh, boy. They're, they're, I mean, they're, 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 they couldn't produce any points. I mean, they, they, they couldn't score. They didn't do anything. He was out there for three quarters into the third quarter. Kansas City didn't do all – look, the plays were spectacular. Every time 
they snap the ball. Something breathtaking seems on the verge of happening. But I don't know how Mahomes is. I don't know right. how Mahomes you, – you know that rule in the right. Olympics, Tony, that you and I had to get used to when a boxer got knocked out in a fight. He was, just, he was done for the tournament in the Olympics. That's right. Because he, he wasn't allowed back in, you know? And, and it's, it's, it's how Evander Holyfield won a gold medal, by the way. Um, so because the fighter he had knocked out the previous round was, was, was disqualified or, or hit in the head after the bell, that crazy circumstance. So, so Patrick Mahomes, we have no idea how Patrick Mahomes is going to be. So, no, I'm not giving – I'm not crowning them. I mean, everybody else crowned them. And, and, look, they may earn it. They're going to be the favorite at home. They've got fans. Yep. I know it's 16,000 or whatever. It, 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 it's, a, it's a reasonable facsimile of, of, of the great home field advantage at Arrowhead. And, and Green Bay seems to have fewer people, but I don't know that. Um, so, I, you know, these, are, these, are, these should be two great games. And this kid from Buffalo – he just Josh Allen just he's I mean, good. He keeps playing, man. Whose he's arm good. is better than his? Remember when Jay Cutler, I you know you know Mr. Vanderbilt, I'm smarter than everybody because I've got a big brain, was so dumb that he would say repeatedly that his arm was stronger than John Elway's arm, and it would just drive me crazy. It drove me crazy when Cutler was on Denver, much less when he was on the Bears. This guy Josh Allen, whose arm has ever been bigger than his? The only guy out there with the same arm, if not bigger, yeah, is Mahomes. No, Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But He's the only bigger. one. It just seems, to me, no. it seems more effortless. It seems that when Josh yeah. Allen is squared up, no one throws it further or faster. He's, so, he's got right. real talent. He can run. Yeah. He can pass. You know, the, the people who are in love with Lamar Jackson ought to fall in love with Josh Allen because he can actually throw the ball better. Do you know that Baltimore's Baltimore ranked 32nd this year in passing? 32nd. Yeah, that's last. I think that's a function of, of, of they, had, they had one receiver. They had one receiver. And they you got to go get some people. They tried to make deals. That's, look, they signed a guy who hadn't played an important playoff game in like, you know, 10 years. Des Bryant. So, they signed him. Yeah. I mean, so it shows you how right. desperate they were at that position. So I'm not going to I'm not blaming that on Lamar Jackson. They got to go get Lamar Jackson. No, but he he, he has now had three bad playoff games out of four. He, he I thought that the one bad. last week got him over the hump, but it didn't. Nothing he, ever they, you never over the hump until you win. Buffalo's Buffalo's coach, Buffalo's coach put in a plan that Lamar Jackson couldn't run. They played they played brilliant defense, but let, I'll give them that. Buffalo played brilliant defense, didn't Buffalo, you think? Buffalo so played great defense, and so did Baltimore, largely. Right. Look, that's right. a guy took a pass the other way 102. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was, you know, I mean, I, I I'm not going to – Lamar Jackson didn't have a great game, but neither did Patrick Mahomes, and neither did Tom Brady, neither did Drew Brees. No, they, they didn't. They didn't. Aaron so, Rodgers so, did. You know, this weekend was great for me. Because it was like real football again. You know, defensive people hit folks in the mouth. And so what will happen now is the league will come back and say, no, we got to legislate further against defense. We don't want this. I, want I think people loved it. Yeah, I think people loved watching it. You think so? I think people, I think people loved watching Put up fantasy numbers. They don't care no. about football. They care about fantasy. No, the games, the games were great. Both games were great. All right, I'll talk to you later. Michael right, Wilbon, boys and girls. Um, we will come back. 
Uh, Gary and Tori will be with us. We'll do a news segment, an overall news segment with Gary and Tori and Michael. Uh, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Butcher Box ad. Um, I buy this. My daughter, Elizabeth, told me about this months back. It comes once a month. Uh, the things that we get, we get salmon, we get fillets, we get pork chops, we get chicken thighs, and we get a whole chicken. Get and the we, ground beef. We get the ground beef, which is great. Even I can't screw it up. And I've been grilling even in the winter. And, and this is good. This is, I'm just endorsing this. They don't ask me to. I'm just cutting through the chase of, of all of these words here and telling you this is really good. Each month, Butcher Box ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to my home. All meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. Packed fresh and shipped frozen and vacuum sealed so it stays that way. I can customize the box or I can go with whatever they give me. It's the best meat shipped right to my door, which means one less trip to the grocer's. ButcherBox is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. With ButcherBox, you get the highest quality meat for around $6 a meal, and they even have free shipping nationwide except in Alaska and Hawaii. And here's the one that they want me to read verbatim, and I'm going to read it verbatim, but it's just so annoying to me. Right now, you, not me, you can get a free rack of St. Louis ribs, one pack of bacon, and one pack of pulled pork off your first box. That's one rack of St. Louis ribs, one pack of bacon, one pack of pulled pork for free in the first box. I can't get that because I'm already a subscriber, but you can. Just go to butcherbox.com slash cadence. That's butcherbox, B-U-T-C-H-E-R, butcherbox.com slash cadence, K-A-D, no, not C-A-D-E-N-C-E. I should know that because Archie Blyer used to record uh, the Cordettes on Cadence Records, C-A-D-E-N-C-E. Look that up, kids. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Again, this is Brian Peterson. This is a song called Talk About Love, sent to us by Michael Granberry from the Dallas Morning News. Michael, if people like Brian Peterson want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. So we're going to do a news segment. Gary joins us. Tori joins us. Nigel is sort of, you know, he plays the role of the MC and introduces a variety of stories. And then we talk. <laughs> Go ahead, Nigel. Knock yourself out. What a warm introduction. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Um, welcome. We will start off. I know there's a lot of things we begin we could begin with, but I think we really need to address this. this is not something we've discussed much here in this program, uh, and that is the season for the Binghamton Bearcats. They dropped a pair oh, of oh, to Mass Lowell um, uh. after they lost. Uh, well, they lost 77-67. I'll just say that was the better game. And that was yesterday. Now just one in twelve. On the season, oh, 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 on oh, schedule, one in twelve. The They're on schedule. Yes, yes. one in twelve. Yes. Oh, wow. this is How do we start pulling down the pictures of the boys? Yeah, take them down. <laughs> no wonder it's only seventy-five dollars to have your picture up all season. Wow. Uh, one in twelve we'll, is brutal. We'll not even the University of Massachusetts, Mass Lowell, some like adjunct. It's not even real mass. It's mass. And by the way, so that was. Sounds like something the doctor would tell you. Tony, I'm sorry we found a mass lull. Yeah, it's just bad. (laughs) 92.78 was the loss on Saturday. So just a rough weekend for Colonials. Uh, 
Mr. Tony, we'll turn our, our attention to much more local things right now. And despite the fact that uh, the protests over the week from far right agitators never materialized on the mall this week, and there were threats of that or reports of, that that was going to happen, but still could and it still could happen. The city has still been could. locked down basically since last Tuesday, and it will continue through Thursday. Most of the downtown area has been shut off. Lots of metro sections, uh, stations have been closed off as they try and um, corral and that don't area. Don't forget the bridges. The bridges the, can you can't come yeah. in from Virginia. Yes. So and, let me just let me just stay, let me just say this. Okay, I was playing um, golf yesterday. I played about twelve holes, which was nice. I played with. Jesse and Michael and Joe House, and I had a very good time. But I brought this up. I've had some phone calls in the last 72 hours from unexpected sources, people I've known for a while but haven't talked to in a while as well. And each one of them has said, how are you doing in Washington? You know, uh, is everything okay mm -hmm. in Washington? How are you being affected by this in Washington? And I was told, Tori, that you went down to the mall yeah. the other day. What does it look like? I... I've run out of adjectives to describe what's going on these days, but the, yeah, the Phantom Daughter and I went down yesterday about 3.30, and we yeah. drove down to maybe 13th and L, and that was as far as you could drive, because streets were anything within 5, 10 blocks of the White House, for instance, downtown, completely blocked off to cars. And you could walk a little bit, but you couldn't get close. And I've never seen anything like it. Streets absolutely deserted, eerily quiet, absolutely eerily quiet. And then in everywhere you turn, in every line of sight, there are armed National Guard. There are those huge dump trucks they use to block streets. There are law enforcement vehicles with flashing lights. And then we got in our car and drove as close as we could to the Capitol, which was about 10 blocks away. And the same thing, the chain link fencing that is, is half a mile surrounding the Capitol was concertina wire. And again, it was the quiet that just stunned us because it has completely stopped everything in D.C., and think about, I was trying to tell Devin, because she never, you know, she, as a young kid, she saw swearing-ins, inaugurations, things like that, but never really knew what was going on. But think about what this town is usually like the week before an inauguration. Whoever wins. Parties. Usually, People are happy. People yes. are everywhere out in the streets, yes. in the hotels, and yes. the bars, and the restaurants are filled. And yes. Those people who run those stupid little trucks with selling tchotchke are, are just killing it. It looked like one of those dreadful dystopian movies you never want to watch. I've never seen anything like it and i thought it was profoundly sad and nigel you did the georgetown route the other day didn't you walk in from uh georgetown yes. over to the jefferson memorial so you saw what was going on in the river right yeah no it was um like you said it's eerie it's just very quiet there's no traffic and and interestingly enough on the water and i know it's the winter time but you still see boats out there but not on saturday the, the, there was no traffic on the water whatsoever in the potomac but you saw police patrol boats up and down it. I mean, it really feels like an armed camp. And I would say, Tony, the thing that reminded me the most of, and I think you might appreciate this, was the day after the bombing in Atlanta in 1996, all of a sudden yeah. it was just an influx yeah. of armed soldiers and it really all the security measures just got ramped up completely. That was the only thing that really came to my mind was it felt a lot like that. But just quiet, as you said, Tori, the quiet just made it have this sinister, sinister silence about it. Are, are uh, stores boarded up? Our stores boarded Completely. up. Completely. Yep. Wow. I know the ABC News building has been closed to everybody but news reporters. In other words, we do our show, PTI, out of that. Our production is out of that. 
And this week we will be produced out of Bristol. And there will be, by the way, a significant time delay as a result of that between Mike and me uh, because they don't want, they just don't want extraneous people there. And we are extraneous to the news operation. There's no question about that. Gary, what do you tell your kids about that? What do you tell them? What do you tell your boys? I mean, the, the boys are, are, we're in such a bubble. I mean, the, yeah. we're, we're ostensibly still locked down. I mean, we're not on, on lockdown, lockdown, but, but no, the boys occasionally like leave the house to ride bikes and stuff. But the boys just, they just go to school and play Xbox and they can do all those things. Uh, if I let them, they would do them without even leaving their bed, but they can certainly do them without leaving the house. Um, I mean, the, the kids follow current events and see what's going on. And we just talk about how weird it is and how hopefully we don't have to see it again. I mean, Tony, 25, 25,000 troops. Is that the, is that the latest number? I mean, that, that is a ton of people. That is a, a that's a ton yeah. of people to be descended on, on the Capitol in the area. And they haven't, um, now trying to do background checks on all 25,000 of them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what there's, I would say an extraordinarily high likelihood that some of them uh, adhere or you yeah, know, are, are involved philosophy. in the same yeah. groups as they're yeah. trying to yep. defend from. Um, yep. Not to suggest they won't do the job that they're there to do, but it's just it's it's crazy. I mean, I so I, that's a non-answer to your question. We don't really talk about it other than just they live in this very bizarre world. But as we often say when we talk about things and as they affect the kids, the kids are are way more, um, they, they sort of are, are way more malleable than we are. I mean, they're, they're way more capable to digest these things than we are because they're not, they're not rigid in, in their ways like we are. So I have, I have no idea what Biden is going to say, but I hope somebody says, boring. consider this. Well, consider, <laughs> consider this. Consider making this boring. speech. Yeah, the speech I would make would last 35 seconds, and it would go pretty much like this. This is an extraordinary time in which we are living. I'm going to work. Let's get this vaccine out to everybody. See ya. I, I mean, I think that would make people happy. I do. Yeah, I, I would mean, like make that. Me happy. I would like that. But I, I think the, like the, the issue is what, what he says doesn't really matter. Be, and, and same with the previous guy, because so many people just aren't listening. They don't care. what yeah. he, There's nothing he can say for a certain second. Nigel, of the what do you got? Well, I was going to say, I am, I'm seeing reports that Biden uh, is going to have an opening act. I think it's going to be Jeff Ross will be opening for him. So <laughs> that will lighten up the atmosphere a bit. Um, yes, Mr. Get to Tony, Tori's uh, favorite sport. Get to Tori's ah, sport. Yes, uh, to hockey, Mr. Tony. And I know we love hockey talk oh. here in, oh. on the show, but a tough outing for the Capitals as they fall in a shootout to their hated rivals, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Still two, yeah. uh, a good start for them on the season. 2-0-1 now, just 1-2 for Pittsburgh. But, Tori, are uh, you following it? Is the family yeah. following the hockey? Of course. And when they had their, their opening game last week, we had our jerseys on and we drank our Goose Island and everything else. And the yeah, two, first two games, wins, which are good. But I had a New Year's resolution, which I've already broken, which is when some, you know, sometimes your, your phone rings and you look and go, oh, I just want to take that call right now. But I said, calls come in, I'm going to take them. So there are a certain number of my friends in Pittsburgh who love to call me after the Penguins beat the Cavs. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And I took the first two, and then I said, that New Year's resolution is out the door. Yeah, I love those noon I, starts. And I, I was one of them. Yeah, noon starts are rough, man. Um, as I say, so 
But it went to a shootout. My family does not like shootouts. I like shootouts. I think it's cool. How about overtime? I mean, you got to love the overtime, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, they would rather win. My family just flat out just wants to win. They like the five nothing leads. Yeah, but it's okay. it's going to be an, you know the new coach, interesting guy, supposedly knows what to do with these older players. Um, people who know far more about it than I do say this is this is it for the Caps. They got to really try to win it this year because it's going to be very hard after that, given the age of the team. Laviolette coached the Olympic team once. He was a United States Olympic team yeah. coach. He's been around a long time. He's very good. He's very good. Yeah, what else? Like what else cool do we guy. have? Uh, Mr. Tony, Corey Kluber, probably one of the big prizes in, uh, in the offseason uh, for free agency in baseball, uh, signs with that up-and-coming team, the New York Yankees, uh, finalizing a one-year $11 million deal. So the Yankees... Yankees have money, but it's a one-year deal. You know, that's what free agents are getting, one-year deals. They're not... DJ LeMayu got more, but he was a free agent with the Yankees. No, they're not... Trevor Bauer's still sitting out there. George Springer's still sitting out there. I mean, if you're an owner of a baseball team... Yeah, and you can't bring fans in, and you got to pay the players for 162 games. How are you yeah. supposed to make money? So they're not signing people to big contracts. So, yeah, anyway. been, okay, what else? Uh, we got another. Did you want to talk about uh, James Harden's first game with the Nets? No, the, no. Okay. The beer. <laughs> Oh, uh, do you want just, to, Gary? Hey, let, let, well, yeah. let, let me just ask you if you were surprised as I was. So Spike comes running in to tell me that at the end of the third quarter, Harden has already set the franchise record for assists. And I thought, which didn't really, really surprise me, he's the kind of guy who's going to come out and, and share like crazy to show that he's not as selfish as he is. Um, but the Nets, uh, you know, that was a team that I, I, I immediately thought of Jason Kidd, given that record. I would have, yeah, that flashed to my mind too. I'm surprised that, that, that the assist record was so easily broken yeah, by James and, it, and I was shocked to find it was only 14. Yeah, I would have thought it'd be up near 20. Yeah. I and of, of, of course, by 20. the way, he ended with 14. So he set the assist yeah. record, and then he went and got his. And then he stopped. And he stopped. All right, what else? One, one more one, story. One final story. Uh, this actually life-imitating art. There's a man who's been arrested for living at Chicago O'Hare's airport for three months. Aditya Singh of California arrived uh, from Los Angeles to O'Hare on October 19th, but then apparently was afraid of catching COVID, and I'm not sure how this logically progresses, but then decided to just stay at the airport, feeling that, that was the safest place. Reminiscent hmm. of Tom Hanks in the movie The Terminal, um, he found an ID badge, an airport ID badge, that officials reported was stolen on October 26th, and then just sort of lived at O'Hare. And I, I guess my question to you, Mr. Tony, would be if you were going to live at, a, at an airport for three months, would O'Hare be your top choice? Is there one no, in Jacksonville? But, uh, bottom three. No, I mean, it's, it's crazy. No, I wouldn't want to be in O'Hare, although O'Hare is a very big airport. It's a I, hub. I think you could yeah. get lost. If, I think in Atlanta it might be easier because it's such an enormous airport. But what is the logic that says I'm afraid of the coronavirus, so I will exactly. get on an airplane <laughs> and then I will go to an airport? What? Oh, 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 who, who's? But the air is recirculating. He's an idiot. Guy's an yeah. idiot. <laughs> But what was he arrested for? I don't understand what he did. What is what's the crime? Living in the airport is a crime. Criminal trespass, restricted area of an airport, and theft. So they're accusing him of stealing the ID badge and that badge. Oh, trespassing in areas in the airport. That's tremendous. Yes, it does not say. It just says at a Sunday hearing, a prosecutor said Singh was "quote unquote" scared to go home due to COVID. So, but it and then says. It's not clear why he flew Chicago in the first place. No. So, more questions than answers at this period, but we'll, we'll keep All the right. IT. 
<laughs> thank you, everybody. Thank, thank you, thank you. Guys. you. Bye. I love you. All right. We'll talk. We'll have a take a break and we'll come back with email and jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening, You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. With the new calendar, means all eyes are on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. And with that holiday, this is the underpants read. Let's talk about love. Yep, we're doing it. We're doing it. If there's one thing that got us through this past year, other than our favorite teams winning, it is love. Let me just remind you, my favorite team had favorite team undeniably had a bad year. Yeah, we didn't have a favorite when team. When everything win. was stacked for every team to have a good year. And that means getting extra cheesy for the ones we love most on Valentine's Day. Uh, I don't really like using cheesy when talking about underpants or love. MeUndies is here to help you win over to help you win over your Valentine. They just released their V-Day collection so you and your partner can match through it all. And if you're single, no problem. Show yourself some love in the comfiest undies and loungewear that makes you feel amazing because you deserve that. You know what's great about 2021 and love and sharing me undies with your Valentine? We had a culling of the underpants yesterday. Both boys Really? Both boys got involved on the bed throwing underpants up into the air. What underwear are you wearing at this very moment? That seems like a personal question I don't really want to answer on air, but let me just say they have bicycles on them, MeUndies. Bicycles, you should know, you sent them to me. Does it feel like you're sitting in a cloud? No, it feels like I'm sitting on a chair. You are sitting on a chair. At Uncle Benny's table. MeUndies are made with sustainable, breathable, softer-than-soft fabric and available in a range of sizes, from extra small to 4XL. Try them all. MeUndies membership gives you and your boo a new pair of undies or socks every month. Members get discounted pricing on everything MeUndies makes, as well as early access to major print launches. And I will say, when the new underpants arrives, it's a holiday. It's a big deal. MeUndies has a great offer for Tony's listeners. For any first-time purchaser, you get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. To get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash... Now, this is the must-read. It says slash code. That's MeUndies.com slash code. I will... What is the code? ad-lib at the end. MeUndies.com slash Tony. That's MeUndies.com slash... Tony. Okay. I believe that's that's Is that our code? I and, believe that's our code. And use the code, people. Use use a code. Yeah. Don't 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 write in code. Like I just don't <laughs> well, maybe they're supposed to use really? code. Code? Maybe we that's like a, a, a secret <laughs> cheat code. That's weird. That's weird. Nice job. Thanks. You're listening to What's the me? Tony Kornheiser show. This is sent to us by Joe Chambers, who writes, I created a website for a local luthier, L-U-T-H-I-E-R. I don't know that word. Luthier. Luthier? A craftsperson who builds and repairs string instruments that okay. have a neck and a sound box. The word luthier is originally French and comes from the French word for lute. Okay, I created a website for a local luthier, and in return he gave me one of his handcrafted banjos. My family has deeply, deeply resented this man ever since. Here's the mailbag jingle recorded with my daughter M Molly, and this is Joe Chambers. And then he takes a funny shot at the end. P.S. How do you compliment a banjo player? And you say, nice tooth. That's funny. Um, it's cheap, but it's funny. All right, Nigel, why don't you do the Bethesda Bagel ad? 
Yeah, thank you, Mr. Tony. Yes, uh, Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then stop on in. You will be thrilled, as we are every time we get their food. That'll do it for the show today. But before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, have I ever told you how good it feels to hold you? It isn't easy to explain. And though I'm really trying, I think I might start crying. My heart can't wait another day. And then after that is when I touch you, baby, I just have to say, baby, I love you. That's Ronnie Spector. That's a Phil Spector song. Um, Those are the Ronettes, or my interpretation anyway. Thank you to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Tori Clark, host of the podcast Chatter on Books, and Gary Braun. Special thanks to our sponsors today as well, ButcherBox, MeUndies, and HBO Max, where you can stream Wonder Woman 1984 right now. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Radio, If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. From Alex Lau in New York City. So many of the emails you have read recently have ended with a note of thanks for all you do and for entertaining us during this difficult time. This may be as hot of a take as putting mayo on grilled cheese, but it seems like this has become the new version of when listeners would call in and start by asking how you're doing. These emailers are wasting precious time that you could otherwise spend reading brilliant emails from people like Mike from Burke, Virginia, Josh Cromwell from Moselle, Mississippi, and <coughs> Alex Lau from New York City. <coughs> the old Tony likely would have said, I'm not reading this garbage, just like the old Tony would have hung up on the callers who asked how he was doing, but maybe you've gone soft in your old age, Grandpa. Anyway, thanks for all that you do and for entertaining us during this difficult time. Perfect time to play band from the Tony Kornheiser show, Nigel. Josh Cromwell, Moselle, Mississippi, just mentioned, I bet you'd enjoy the, the Ben and Jerry Cotton fish ice cream if you tried it with mayonnaise instead of butter from ashley in cincinnati you're right ben and jerry's ice cream stinks subaru drivers should only consume graders ice cream in fact subaru should offer free graders with a purchase of a car is that enough to get you to buy one i but love the trick, graders coffee. but the trick is graders before it went national better yeah better from joey in los angeles it's a haiku and he writes michael's confession seduced by a subaru disowned for legroom Michael, you're Tony's only son, and he loves you, but don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Uh, from Dr. Benjamin uh, Hanrahan, State College, Pennsylvania, I feel it is my duty as an owner of not one but two Subarus to inform you you are pronouncing Le Crusade incorrectly. Le rhymes with duh, le, and Crusade rhymes with hey, as in hey, I'm a dope. You are also pronouncing Thule wrong. T-H-U-L-E is a tool or Thule. I don't know. Have Michael Google it for you. It's like you have never even driven a Subaru. Not only have I never driven one, I'm not sure I've ever sat in one. I don't think I could pass the test. I don't think I'm a good enough human to sit in them. Yeah, you don't sit in cloth seats anymore. Nope. Josh Hurth in Cape Coral, Florida is a longtime Subaru driver. I'm currently driving my third Subi. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Subis? Yeah, Subis. I wanted to officially extend open arms to Michael into the Subaru family. The best way to describe why I love Subarus is the feeling you get when driving a Subi is similar to eating a sandwich that someone else made for you. The extra ingredient is love or something. Here's hoping I can be named the official Subaru spokesperson of Tony Kornheiser show. Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. From Kate. This email is really to blow off steam at my abject anger at the effing Subaru I bought three years ago. I'd never owned a Subaru, mostly because the last time I bought a car was when I was living in Salt Lake City, where every other car is a Subaru. I didn't want to own the same car as everyone else, even though I kind of liked them. When I moved back to Carlsbad three years ago and needed a car, I thought, here's my chance to get one because no one drives them out here. 
Three years later, three batteries and several emails to Subaru America later. I sold that piece of junk because Subaru only offered to buy me a new battery whenever the old one dies but would not actually fix the car. Don't do it, Michael. Keep the inheritance. Get a Toyota. And while I'm on the topic of moving back to Carlsbad, this is my third email to you. Not counting something I vaguely remember sending Nigel after a little too much tequila one night. And the third (laughs) different name I'm using. Allow me to explain. The first email was under my first married name regarding the death of my first husband. The second one was under my second married name when I told you about meeting my second husband at the top of a mountain in Switzerland after my first husband had died. Well, that second husband ruined, I can't say what she really wrote, ruined my feel-good story by wimping out and leaving last March. So I am rebranding back to my maiden name and shortening my name to Kate. Much as Jeannie is now Jean and not Jeannie, I am Kate, not Kathy. Thanks for keeping me entertained through this craziness in which my life went from being a Hallmark Channel movie to a Sundance Film Festival character study. I loved every minute with all of you, even Saliza. Well, maybe not Saliza. <laughs> Cheers, Kate. From Steve Durbin in Columbia, Missouri, I thought 2021 was going to be different different and better than I heard about Michael's desire for a Subaru. Between you and me, what Yanni CD do you think Michael will be listening to when he drives that Subaru? Mostly Raffi. Uh, from Danny. Down by the bay. The recent Subaru discourse has made me take pause and watch their commercials for once. They're fairly predictable and usually involve some combination of a national park, a forest, a father-daughter hug, a story about surviving an accident, or a shot of a Subaru being handed down to a newly licensed teen driver. They always end with the slogan, love, it's what makes Subaru a Subaru. After watching a dozen or so of them, it got me thinking, what is the perfect outline for a slogan for the podcast? Hate, it's what makes Tony Mr. Tony. Ted in Richmond, the official lifeguard of Chatter. Well, we needed a lifeguard. Not since I renamed three of my cats, Anthony, Irwin, and Kip, have I had such a personal breakthrough. Mayo on grilled cheese has changed my life. Since the upgrade, I started working out. I sing with the mice in my fireplace a little more. Even my kids like me. Thank you. From Rob in Great Mills, Maryland. You know who else used to make uh, mayo on on a grilled cheese? Stalin. (laughs) Butter is the only way to go. My mom always added a squirt of mustard inside the sandwich to give it a nice kick. Being the mustard aficionado, I've learned that a jalapeno mustard is the perfect addition with some sharp cheddar on the inside. Now, what are your thoughts on mustard for the sear on a burger? I, I like mustard. I, you know, I've always liked oh, certain kinds style? of mustard. Not the, not the yellow. Not the French's yellow as much as the Poupons and the darker ones. Big John. This is signed Big John from Ucalpa, Y-U-C-A-U-P-A, California. I recently introduced my friend Javier to the podcast, but here's my problem. He's in lockstep with Michael on the whole ketchup on eggs debauchery. He's a 49ers fan. I forgive him for that. Should I look past his shortcomings or should I dig my heels in and denounce him as my friend? I don't think you have to denounce him. Uh, Rory Kimberlin in Gardner, Maine, which he writes is 150 miles from Revere. Dr. Tony, I thought my short and funny email about Volvos was a sure winner, but apparently I should have written a long soliloquy about ketchup and mayo. So here goes. I hate them both. I use ranch instead. (laughs) Now I'm fat. The end. It's so wonderful. Kirk and Shepard in Australia. When I was a teenager, I had friends stay at our beach shack over the New Year period. Dad had been generous to the lads and provided us with some top quality meat from the farm to feed us for a week. On the first night, Dad witnessed one of my friends putting ketchup on some prime venison. Dad ordered my friend to sit outside and eat his dinner in the rain. Dad went back to the farm that night disgusted. He arrived the next morning, cleared all the meat from the freezer. I love this guy. He went to the back of the truck, pulled out a giant bucket of freshly butchered goat chops and exclaimed, you must pay for last night's disrespect. Turns out goat chops have the consistency of an old leather boot when held near a flame. The lesson is that old men are spiteful and should never put basic household condiments on good meat. That's right. 
Kirk and Shepard in Australia. That's right. Alan McCormick in Belvedere, Illinois. Listening to the recent conversations about grilled cheese on the pod, I've been exposed to a whole new world. I'd never heard of using anything but butter on grilled cheese, so much so that I thought Michael was dipping his grilled cheese in mayonnaise. Once I realized everyone was referring to the mayo in place of the butter, I had to give it a shot. I used Miracle Whip instead of mayonnaise because I'm not in the 1% and I don't have mayonnaise readily available. Really? You don't have a supermarket near you? It was great. I now placed an order for some Duke's mayonnaise that will be delivered tomorrow. Thank you. And from Sean Crawford in Queenstown, Maryland, at the risk of starting another email storm of controversy, how does Michael make a quesadilla? And we tried the mayo on the grilled cheese, and it was better. The vindication for you is extraordinary. It's Absol- not, it does not go unnoticed. Absolutely extraordinary. If you're out on your bike, go home and try As always, do wear white. But we don't have the chaputzpah to do it. When the yellow moon is on the rise And she's hanging out with all the other guys And my true blue heart goes truly back Cause there ain't no way she's ever coming back And everybody is telling me, hey man, that's a fact yeah, I'm C-N-R-E-D, Bavila B-L-U-E, C-N-R-E-D, Bavila B-L-U-E, and she won't have my green, green no more. Well, I'm seeing red, and I'm feeling blue, because I gave her my hard-earned money, too. When she wanted my cash, I said, well, all right. Drove out of town and clear out of sight Well, I'm a left here broken A lonesome and I'm looking for a fight Tonight I'm C-N-R-E-D But feeling B-L-U-E C-N-R-E-D But feeling B-L-U-E And she won't have my green, green no more Well, now I'm telling you I really don't miss her Telling you I never want to kiss her Telling you I won't see red no more, 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 more. Well, there are white lies and other lies and mean backstabbers and evil lies. Well, there's robbery and larceny. The sin is bad as it comes. But when she took away my money, woo, that was certainly one. I never want to kiss her, telling you I won't see red no more, 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 more.
from the honey jar. Drop the lunatics and other crazy catch and hang around. Talk about who's kissing who's kissing who in the world tonight. Talk about choosing the news and the fair weather so called friends who are using. Talk about how you can make it, you take it for a second for a better life. Talk about the used car dealer with the steel deal, selling you the home and mobile with the cool wheels, giving you the bona fide ride as you're moving through the groove tonight. Slipping to the gym just to keep it all slim. You're slipping than down, but are you slipping than Kim? You're hurting and you're working in it's making you feel alright. Talk about us. Talk about a mystery. I wanna know who you think we're going to be. Talk about a love. Talk about a love. Talk about a love. Talk about all. Talk about your evidence running down your residence About the overgrown trees and the broken fence Making that very last nickel Try to stretch it to another day But then you talk about moving out Throwing up your hands Pulling out from the day-to-day runabout Talk about how you can make it Can't take it for a second For a better way But talk about us Talk about a mystery I wanna know You're thinking we're going to be Talk about Talk about love. Talk about love.